I tell my younger self, be part of, of something meaningful um, that brings change on the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, go for responsible mining in whatever space that you're operating under. Really advocate for responsible mining and prepare yourself through networking and taking up mentorship opportunities, not just for opportunities within your country, but to play on a global level. Alexandra Haleva and Melba Wasuna may come from different backgrounds, but they share a single commonality, a passion and dedication for the mining sector in East Africa. They also encourage more female representation in African mining as a whole. Hi, I'm Richard van Furen, online editor of Mining Review Africa, and welcome to our exclusive Women of Impact podcast series, where we celebrate the achievements of women in African mining. Today, Clarion Events Manager, Elodie Delaneau, chats to Alexandra and Melba about their experience and achievements in African mining. Alexandra is Director of Investment and Development at Luma Holdings in Rwanda and is also an active member of International Women in Mining. Melba fell in love with the mining sector after completing her PhD in Australia and is currently the External Affairs Manager at Base Titanium, based in Kwali, Kenya. Let's join the conversation. So Alexandra uh, Holeva is with us and she's a Director of Investment and Development at Luma Holding. Um, Luma Holding and the partners Engali Holdings have created a JV company, Luna Smelter, currently in Rwanda. And on top of that, Alexandra is also a really active member of International Women in Mining. So welcome, Alexandra. Thank um, you, Melody. Welcome. Thank you. We also have with us Melba Basuna, currently the External Affairs Manager at Base Titanium in Kenya. Melba has a strong experience in extractive industry and is also the chairperson for the Association of Women in Extractive in Kenya. So we have two uh, strong women with us today that are working actively in, uh, in East Africa. So thank you very much for joining, uh, for joining me with Africa Mining Forum. Uh, I'm going to kick off with you girls. And, um, and my first one is really about what was the appealing for the mining sector? Uh, we know it's a, it's a largely dominated uh, sector by men. So it would be interesting to know on your perspective, what role you're playing as a woman in the mining industry? And, and not only on your job titles, obviously, but more about your vision and ambition um, to be in that sector. So, um, Alexandra, you want to start? Sure, sure. Thank you, Melba. Uh, thank you, Melba. It's nice to meet you too today. And thank you, Melody, for the, for the invitation to the podcast. Uh, as you know, my mining experience is a little bit different and not standard. <laughs> I was born into a mining family as my roots are in Silesia. That's the mining heart of Poland in Eastern Europe. So my first experience inside a coal mine was when I was actually two years old. Wow. My grandfather was supposed to yes, take care of me and he just took me to work with him. <laughs> so um, I can say I loved it from the start, uh, but I was growing up. Um, I kept hearing different stories, um, unfortunately, including those very tragic ones related to several fatal accidents in mining. Um, therefore, I think that's why I have chosen a different road. And I have escaped from mining for several years. <clears throat> I was focusing on my journalism studies and social science, and I became an expert on genocide and Holocaust studies. But okay. after some years, I came back eventually. So I guess the, the passion for underground was still strong in me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have decided to, to build my career in mining, also taking into consideration my background, because it was very important for me to simply make a difference 
and work for the improvement of the working conditions for the miners, the, the mining communities, and all stakeholders engaged in this process, especially women. So as you know, I'm coming from Silesia, yeah. and in Silesian society, there is a very strong matriarchal family model. So actually women are the head of the families and households. So I had a very strong female role models while growing up. So when I entered uh, deeper into mining industry, I have realized that women are actually facing many obstacles and problems and I, they are very often discriminated against. And that was quite surprising for me. So uh, I thought, yeah, I just cannot agree with the situation. And I'm really trying to, to work hard to, to, let's say, encourage this, this kind of a change from, from inside. And how does it work then with your experience in, uh, in, in Rwanda specifically? How, how can you see the challenges or maybe the benefits of being a woman? It's, uh, it's working very well because Rwanda is a fantastic country and it's very keen on a gender diversity. So we have a fantastic female colleagues in our uh, smelter facilities, on our working on our projects. So I also strongly recommend them to get uh, associated into different women in mining associations. As you said, I'm the active member of women in mining. And I think these associations provide really a fantastic opportunity, not only for networking, although it's very important, but it can offer you um, some very good role models, uh, mentoring, support and coaching, which is really, really needed uh, very often in this, in this industry. It's still a very difficult industry. Uh, I am sure you know Barbara Dishinger from London, from International Women in Mining. So yeah. She has encouraged me and my friends. And in Poland, actually, uh, we are right now launching Women in Mining Poland, which will be oh, part of great. the global initiative. Yes, yes, very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. As you said, it's, um, it's good to see. And I think you're right in, in some aspect like Rwanda and, and Kenya in that aspect as well. They do have a, a, a good consideration of, of women in the industry. And I think Rwanda is uh, the only country with... Um, the, the, the biggest number of women in parliament as well so I think in That's the world true. which is also like quite impressive so um, so it's really good to know that um that you're feeling this way as well about the the country that you're working in melba on your side um what is your feeling around this what is your experience as a as a woman in that industry and then where you're at now can you see the difference from when you started and then what what the challenge are um in kenya particularly Okay, well, first of all, congratulations, Alexandra, for forming the Women Mining Poland. That's really exciting. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. My background is a little bit different from yours. <laughs> <laughs> I did come from a mining background, and my interest in the mining sector really was born when I went to do my PhD uh, in Australia, and I was interested in looking at the linkages between business and human rights. And I saw uh, from reports that were coming out then that the biggest impact by business and human rights was from the extractive sector. And so that's when I really sunk my teeth into mining to try and understand the linkages and more importantly, what, what role I could play given whatever skills I, would, I, I had. And um, so I completed that, I came back um, to Kenya and I was fortunate enough to start a research center uh, on looking at extractive matters. Um, um, in a, in, a, in a fantastic university here that gave us an opportunity to do that. Strathmore, and the interest right? has grown. Yeah, Strathmore University. Yeah. And um, we, we, we set up this research center against all odds. I mean, people didn't really understand what academia has to do with mining other than teach and give degrees and 
and all of that. They didn't see that what we're trying to do is, you know, break the mold in as far as stakeholder engagement mm. is concerned and not just have um, the typical rundown show up for a meeting and check a box and, you know, how do we actually advance meaningful stakeholder engagement for uh, mutual benefit sharing across yeah. all stakeholders and for people not to resist mining. Uh, which they saw as a huge imposition, something that is detrimental to them and to the country. And we've made fantastic, we made fantastic progress under that program held over 100 forums with so many stakeholders over the years, national, international. And that led me to base titanium, where I was able to take up a role in the external affairs uh, department and really, you know, hone in what um, I had, man uh, we had the skills I had gotten so far in stakeholder management, you know, um, and, and be able to give uh, expertise and advice um, in relevant circumstances. So wow. that's been, that's, Quite a journey, that's, that's eh? been a fantastic <laughs> journey. Yeah, it's been a fantastic journey. And whereas before it was a very very small club mining was a very small club still remains a small club to an extent in the country but it only really started opening up in the last decade or so when we started seeing uh younger players coming in there was mm -hmm. a lot of excitement um towards the first part of between 2010 and 2015 um a lot of players were coming in uh, exploring and there was, a, there was a new mining law that was coming in the last one that the last mining law that had been enacted was from 1948 obviously had no gender issues um so with this mining act it was an opportunity to really you know have a really progressive law in place and you know got to interact with quite a few players and for now we are pleased that we have a very progressive mining law obviously can use some tweaking um, now that it has had about four years to be in existence and we are hoping to work towards that but for the most part um, our laws are progressive and we are all just now gearing up to how do we now open up the country towards further exploration yeah. um, and when I say we I'm talking as uh, in my heart as a chairperson of association <laughs> of <Indian> extractives <laughs> and, um, and of course for base titanium always looking to explore and uh, has taken on several exploration projects as well. So, so it's interesting actually because I was wondering on, on your both perspective, what do you think is missing either like from, from a woman perspective or from a government perspective to really propel the women in, in both Rwanda and, um, and Kenya. Um, and do you think that it's actually just linked to the mining industry, like this, the difficulty of women to really take the space? And, and I mean, you, you ladies are doing really well, and I think you're showing you're really the right way to do it. But there's still so many young women that I think are, are doubting about it. So do you think it's really um, it's specific to the mining sector, or is it just a gender issue that we still need to have to face? I wouldn't say it's specific. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you, Elodie. I wouldn't say it's specific only to the mining sector, but um, mining sector ha have historically been quite inhospitable for women and very male dominated, as you said. So mm -hmm. maybe it's more visible in the mining sector than in the other sectors. But I can say that in Rwanda, uh, we have a lot of fantastic ladies working in the mining sector. And I would say if they can see the opportunity, and they are, if they are not afraid to ask, and they are not in Rwanda, they can really uh, do very well in it, and they can really progress with their careers, yes. 
Melba? Um, on, on my end, I mean, historically, mining has, you know, it was, it was seen as so highly technical regarding, and it had, you know, the requirements to get into it were all these courses, physics and... Yeah, engineering and... Yeah, quite, right? <laughs> They're not traditionally where women tended to go into. And even when they got there, it was dirty. It was associated, you know, with being dirty, highly mechanical. But I've got to say that in the last years, I mean, t- things are changing. The, the sector is becoming more, you know, it's, it's embracing technology a lot. Um, and there's been a huge push for awareness. I think many companies have stepped up um, and opened up. Um, their their companies to partnerships with academia to partnerships with NGOs mm-hmm. on a variety of projects so more and more people are becoming aware of what mining actually is um, and that you know it actually encompasses a variety of skills and also traditionally mining was just about to for the large part you know to simply as a business go extract more correct and in the last few decades has been a global outcry and particularly here in Africa, that it needs to do more than that. And initially, companies accepted that maybe they need to do CSR, and therefore then they started interacting with a bigger variety of stakeholders. But more and more, we are now embracing, many companies are embracing the issue, the notion of community development, and mm-hmm. that you need to be you know, a real presence in the lives of the people and communities around you. So because of that, uh, women are getting exposure on a variety of fronts. So there's the woman who possibly was in the surrounding village who is now getting exposure to opportunities in local content and how they might supply um, water bottles or they might supply cleaning services if they can put together a company. There's Mm -hmm. a young woman who's in school who's seeing, huh, okay, perhaps maybe I might go to university, come and get a job here. And yeah. take up, you know, they, they now come and knock on companies' doors and ask what kind of courses do I need to do. And also companies are very proactive, like Basitanium is very proactive in having um, sessions with communities, let them know these are the kind of courses uh, that for you to be able to have a successful career in mining. So more and more mines are being opened. It's no longer such an opaque uh, industry reserved for the very few or the very tough, whatever you call it. And also the third part that has opened up is that you've got a lot of uh, the soft skills. As I've mentioned, it's no longer just a question of extracting and leaving. It's a question of absolute engagement and that requires a lot of soft skills. You need communication skills, negotiation skills. You need to have active listening skills, you know, you, there, there are so many, and um, emotional intelligence skills, uh, that so that to allow the company to navigate itself in these new waters that it finds itself in, where stakeholders are more woke, <laughs> more yeah, I think you're right, Matt. Than the, than I think you're absolutely before. right. Yeah. yeah, I think you, you, you raise a point that's really right, is that the mining sector has also evolved in the way that it's considering, and there's more and more of like the, like the ESG requirement, for example, that needs to be there, the soft skills that are being developed and people are realizing that the value chain of the mining industry is just not the, you know, the whole school that I picked you now, Alexandra, at two years old in the coal mine. <laughs> and I think it, 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 it has evolved. It has evolved in something that's now, that the soft skills are more necessary and there is indeed that need to, um, not no investor will invest in just a mine for the balance sheet and the money. There will be a bigger picture to consider and I think this is where the women as well as, um, as definitely a, a role to play. Um, 
That's Not definitely it, true, but I just wanted to add that yeah. it's great also to observe because even if we have, let's say, around 15% of female employees in the mining industry, this percentage was much lower when we are talking about the technical staff and the technical positions, mm. but this is growing and Rwanda is a very good example of that. We have a lot of good female engineers. We at Luna Smelter, we have a fantastic lady. Um, who is quite young, very ambitious. She's a, she's a chemist and she's basically running the laboratory like she's the queen of it. So I'm very happy Amazing. to have very dedicated female staff also in our project. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see, because it's going to create some inspiration and there's going to be more and more availability at university and courses, you're going to see more and more of this uh, profile uh, taking and, and, and active, being active in that, which is amazing. Um, Absolutely. If I, if I may give you just a quick example about that yeah. inspiration, there's a local, there's a lady from the local community who came into the company based in 2011 as a cook, cooking when the construction was going on, and she was making food for the workers underneath the tree. And because of her determination, hard work, and again exposure to the industry, and you've got mining companies that are now, that are very much open to growing skills, she's now a production assistant. Oh, wow. in the mining department. All Fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's such examples, just to add on to what Alexandra says, oh, such being examples exposed. that really shine yes, yeah. exposure yeah, for, yeah. for women. Yeah, yeah I think it's, uh, and it starts from any, you know, any, um, at the bottom or not of the, of the ladder, it's at any level. I think that's the, there's consideration. We will continue our conversation with Alexandra Merba after this short message. The COVID-19 pandemic has definitely raised challenges when it comes to delivering content and networking in one place. What has not changed, though, is our ability and willingness to connect mining professionals and raising the investment profile of strategic mining countries that will transform the industry in the region. The mining industry has gained an exciting new multi-touchpoint partner as Africa Mining Forum, the event, transforms into a year-round platform, providing engagement and content for 365 days a year and delivering timely, relevant and up-to-date information, focusing on the needs of junior miners related to investment, access to finance, capital raising and crisis management across Africa. Align your business with Africa Mining Forum to ensure that your business will remain sustainable and your customer remain engaged. Want to find out how? Contact me at benjamin.beinheimer at clientevents.com. Also, check our website at africaminingforum.com. Welcome back to our conversation with Alexandra and Melba. On your personal side, um, I would love to hear some of your successes because we talk about challenges, but I think there is way more than that and I think you are proving it as well. So what is some of your moment of pride as your experience in the mining sector? Um, something that you really, really be proud of in your, in your career um, as a miner, I would say. Alexandra, you have something specific in mind? Uh, well, I can say maybe two things. Uh, one related to when I was starting in mining, was quite a long time ago. <laughs> and second, you were too? More <laughs> yeah, maybe not from that age. <laughs> more professional one. Um, I started in the mining industry actually in Balkans. I was in Bosnia Herzegovina, and my first uh, very, I would say, moment of proud and success was when we were launching and we were implementing the first um, road header in the underground coal mines there. So I was together with my team, we were running the implementation of this project. And um, you can imagine first, I mean, the underground conditions were quite difficult. Basic, it was yeah. the first, yes, it was the first machine in this mine ever. So 
So this, this negotiations with the miners and the contact with the miners was very important. And personally for me, it took me quite a long time, to be mm. honest, to, to gain acceptance and approval from, from my Bosnian colleagues there. Uh, I, I'm speaking fluent Bosnian, so the language wasn't the barriers, but I was the culture. You know, just, uh, yeah. yes, yes, I knew the culture, I knew the language, everything was fine, but I was just, you know, young Polish girl that mm. is so underground and for them it was quite shocking yeah. <laughs> it, it, although I, I knew every single screw on that machine i was still uh, at the beginning definitely not welcomed but i was very happy that at the end we spent three months together and we became friends they totally accepted me and the machine was a huge success and really improved the um, exploitation level there and wow. we are in touch ever since. So, so um, wow. it was a really extraordinary feeling. You probably changed your mentality. You changed the mentality. A little bit, yes. Yeah, it's great. A little bit, yes. You know, it was still a kind of a superstition there that the woman under the ground is a bad luck. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's like so a woman on a boat. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. So we have to fight with it. And the uh, second thing is maybe more recent. Uh, um, as you said, I'm involved with Luma Holding and Luna Smelter in Rwanda and Kigali. Yeah. So we took an asset which wasn't operating for several years. So um, it was really a great joy when we managed to put the smelter into the operation into, into less than a year. <clears throat> I think that was a great success of the whole team. And uh, I'm very happy that uh, Luna Smelter is actually the only smelter in the region right now, which is a team smelter, which is conformant uh, under the responsible minerals assurance process of so the, the program of traceability confirmation run by the RMI. That's a great success and we are very happy that we can do it actually in Rwanda next to the source of the mineralization so this added value is generated in the country not not taken somewhere else yes so that's that's a really great and, and joy and, and success i think no it's a great achievement i agree it's uh, led by uh, by a strong woman like you as well i think it's a it's a great it's no it's true it's great it's great messaging for women but it's also great for the industry itself that it's possible to have um beneficiation and processing in country <laughs> and we don't have Definitely. to export everything I think it's uh, on the long run, it's, uh, it's the beginning of a great uh, story for, for the country itself. Um, Melba, on your side, um, out of your amazing journey, I know there's a lot of moments that you could have, you know, highlighted as like, wow, I did this. But um, which one in particular you keep in mind? Um, I, um, <sighs> the, the one that I'd like to talk about is... Um, I take particular pride in being a founding member and board member of the Association of Women yeah. in Extractism Kenya, AWIC in short. Yeah. And we formed this organization in 2017 when we realized that we were almost entirely absent in the, in the policy space mm -hmm. um, and that our voice was needed. And also we had our sisters along in the artisanal small-scale mining who had nobody really to articulate their issues uh, when it came to market access, financial access. And so we got together all these groups of women um, and the membership from 2017 has grown. Um, and we and now we actually have now we're, what we're calling regional chapters just beyond Nairobi to other parts of Kenya where women have formed um, our week chapters and are able to engage with the governance structures and company structures and, you know, and, and agitate and advocate um, for, for certain things to, to come to pass. So that for me um, is one of the best things that we've done and a product of having 
formed AWIC, is that then in 2017, we put up Kenya's first gem and jewelry fair. True, I remember that. Despite, despite Kenya being um, an exporter of rubies and um, thunderite and um, green all those gemstones. So all these years we've been doing it, but we've never had a, a fair. And a fair really is a trading platform where you bring international buyers to come and buy directly from source. So under AWIC and through the Kenya Gem and Jewelry Fair, we were able to put this together. And it has grown by leaps and bounds. Last year we had over 22 countries participating. Wow. Um, and it was, it's women. Women are coming to sell their stones. And it's up to us, we get them the buyers and we have conference and facilities where we then train these women on proper, you know, bookkeeping, proper mining methodology, because a lot of them don't have the resources um, or the technological know-how to be able to do value addition. Right. So that, that for me has been fantastic uh, and something I'm very, very proud to be a part of. Yeah, I remember both of those. Yeah, I remember both because we were in Kenya, Melba, I think in 2016 for the first show and then the year after you you blossom creating the uh, AWEC, uh, which has been ever since now actually quite quite influential now in, in Kenya and recognized as a as a strong institution. So it's it's a really good achievement on that side. And I think the, the fair is amazing as Thank well you. for the sector itself to really fight the smuggling of 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 the of the gemstone and really establish an industry within the country as well and uh, and exposing giving exposure to those women that actually um, are at the source of a those beautiful uh, gemstones that every time we go to Kenya, it's, uh, it's temptation for many of us, um, but it's, it's quite amazing. So before I, before I conclude, ladies, I have a last one. And something is quite interesting because sometimes I've asked myself this, like, what would you say to first the, the youngest woman in mining that think they can't make it? And, and perhaps the easiest way to do it is to, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell Alexandra when she was 18 or 20 or Melba at this age and, and you know, to, to, to keep them fighting and then believing that they can climb the ladder and, and do whatever they can achieve? Melba, you want to start? Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I would say be part of, I'd tell my younger self, be part of, of something meaningful um, that brings change on the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, Go for responsible mining in whatever space that you're operating under. Really advocate for responsible mining and prepare yourself through networking and taking up mentorship opportunities, not just for opportunities within your country, but to play on a global level. Because mining really is, 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 a, is, is it, it's a global industry. So prepare yourself for networking, and actively pursue opportunities that are available. Don't be, don't be shy. Don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, don't, you know, believe in yourself and actively network. That, that's what I tell my younger self. Thanks, Melba. Yeah, you definitely not shy. The two of you definitely are the good uh, example for that. <laughs> Just grab it if you can. Just, you know, pursue your dreams. And, and you, Alexandra? Yes, I fully agree with Melba because being associated in, in mining associations is great. And it can really, really gives you a kind of a confidence, you know, and support. I have to say here, and I wanted to use this opportunity to thank you, my personal mentor, Sabine Anderson. From, she's been fantastic for me, and, and this to, to, together journey was great. 
But as Melba said, I mean, pick up opportunities and search for them and you must be active. So you, you cannot wait. You just have to uh, ask for it. And yeah. it's related both to the new job opportunities and also the job conditions, which is very important. And I think um, it's important to commit to lifelong learning because mining is a very dynamic industry and you have to constantly keep ahead of changing technologies and changes uh, conditions of the markets. So that's quite important. Uh, and it's a teamwork. So we shouldn't be afraid to ask for help or ask for consultancy, especially at the beginning, the beginning of the career. And I think because uh, in regards to women, there is always this question of the life work balance. So I think if you set up your targets very well and you schedule the rhythm of work, you, it can help you very much. So you can avoid a lot of mistake and this, this potential chaos. So <clears throat> just, just be persistent. And, and to be honest, don't get discouraged easily. <laughs> That's the most important. Yeah, good point. Well, I think I agree with you girls. Um, not directly in the mining industry, but have been working with the mining sector for six years. I think I can't agree more with you that uh, looking for opportunities, trusting yourself as well, I think is, a, is an important one. Be, be confident that you can do it and, um, and trust your opinion and look for, for the right partners as well. I think it's, uh, it's something that uh, you both have been achieving really well in both uh, Rwanda and, uh, and Kenya. Well, thank you very much for today, ladies. It was really nice to start the day like this with you. And, um, and really, I appreciate your feedback and your enthusiasm and positive, positive around the industry. Uh, and I think you're going to give a lot of, uh, lot of positive, at, um, I would say, encouragement for other women out there that could recognize themselves um, within you. So thank you so much to, to both of you. Thank, uh, thank you so much. Have enjoyed thank this. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like and share this podcast and subscribe to our podcast series on Spotify, iOS and other popular platforms. Also, check out the latest mining news, insights and analysis on miningreview.com.